I know there's a lot of burdens that we carry, a lot of cares that we have, a lot of concerns for, amen, every, everyone, our families, our friends, our relatives, our homes, our children, and whatever that need may, may be, and, and the good thing about it is that he will answer all of our prayers specifically. Amen. Even those, even though there's some of us in here, there's a few of us in here, he knows everybody's needs. He knows everybody's thoughts. He knows our hearts. He knows every hair upon your head. Amen. So that's the good thing about the Lord that we that we serve, the God we serve. So let's go before him tonight and let's just ask him to bless us special way this evening as he always does. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this opportunity that we have to gather together in your holy name, Lord, in this place, O Lord, that we can lift you up, O God, that we can present our bodies as a living sacrifice, Lord, unto you, O God, that we can offer up, Lord, spiritual sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving unto you, O Lord. God, as we're gathered here, Lord, to lift you up, O God, we ask that you administer unto us, O God. You know, O Lord, our needs. Lord, you know, Father, amen, the burdens that we carry, O Father. And as you said in your word, to cast our cares upon you because you care for us, O Lord. So, O God, we do that right now, Lord. We lift up, O God, all the burdens that we carry. Lord, the weight, O Lord, that we carry. We ask you to minister and have your way right now, Lord. Minister to our needs. God, individually, every family, Lord, and the body here, Lord, the church as a whole, God, you know everything, Lord. And I pray that you would have your way, Lord, in this place tonight. Let us have liberty in your presence, O God. Jesus of Nazareth. And Lord, I pray that you would open up our ears that we may hear, God. And our eyes that we may see, O Lord. And our hearts, O God, that we can be converted unto you, Lord. Quicken us in your word, O Lord. Amen, God, that we, O Father, can live, O Lord, in your presence, God. That we can abide in you. Minister unto us, O God, and give us understanding. Amen, Lord. Give us strength, O Lord. Increase, O Lord, our knowledge, our faith, our love for you, O God. Let this be done, Lord. Bind us together that we can be of one mind and of one spirit in one accord together, O Lord. Amen, God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, we pray, O God, and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let it be done. Give the Lord a
God good. Hallelujah. You may be seated this evening. Minot, 
Hopefully it's not going to be sub-zero temperature. Praise God. That might be, I don't know. So just be aware of that. But uh, So there's a lot of good things happening. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here in the house of God. Yes, amen. And I didn't know whether to to go ahead and just have a regular service, you know, as far as preaching was concerned. I, I, I didn't I didn't know whether I was going to do that or not. I felt led to just continue on with what I would I've been um, uh, talking about in, in the past few uh, Bible studies, and I want to thank Brother Aaron for taking care of Bible study for me last week um, and uh, that was actually the last time we, that you all were in here mm -hmm. those of you that were here and we had to take a little break uh, keep all those in prayer keep brother uh, Dan and sister Dina in prayer because uh, of course they have to be uh, quarantined until their results come back for their test but uh, as far as I know AJ's in recovery so he's doing good uh, God's been good to us. Amen. And he will continue to be good to us, I believe. So all those, and, and uh, we'll just keep on doing what we can do, keep on going, and try to make progress in the things of God. Hallelujah here. So amen, amen. So I guess uh, we will continue on with our Bible study and if you want to turn with me um, in your Bibles in the Old Testament I definitely believe we can get something out of the Word of God Amen. we can come to a greater understanding we can basically affirm our belief in Amen. Our teachings, our doctrine, uh, the, the truth about one God, the truth about one body, the truth about one spirit, one baptism, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Uh, it's all in the scripture. Praise God. There's ample enough, there's enough information that will affirm what we believe. Isn't that, doesn't that make you feel good? Yes. Make, Amen. Makes you feel confident. But in the book of Exodus 28, I'll just go back there just for just a few moments here just to kind of uh, give you a, a little review or just remind you uh, in chapter 28, verse number one, take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. Thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. For glory and for beauty. Does everybody see that? Mm -hmm. That's why they're making these garments, for glory and for beauty. Of course, that he may minister unto me in the priest office for glory, for beauty, so that we can minister. Amen. 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 
so that we can minister. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, from whom, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make a breastplate and an ephod and a robe and a broidered coat, a mitre, a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So we have an idea. We started out and of course we, we talked about the coat and then the last time we were here, we, we, we mentioned the robe. We talked about the robe. And tonight, we're, we're going to uh, spend a little time discussing the ephod. Now, all these, if you, if you notice that, and, and everything he's talking about as far as the priesthood and, and the garments of the priesthood, and of course, I brought that out to your attention in the New Testament where Jesus uh, commanded his disciples in the book of Luke chapter 24, verse number 48, somewhere around there, 49, go into Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. He said, ye shall be endued with power from on high. All right? Basically, the interpretation of that, the literal interpretation of that, Ye shall be clothed with power from on high. So when we received the Holy Ghost, we were clothed. We were clothed. God clothed us with his power. And so we can take that and we can bring out as far as in the Old Testament, of course, uh, it had its purposes in the Old Testament, the ministry of the priesthood and, and everything and, and their ministry in the tabernacle of Moses and all that and their involvement in that. And, and uh, I want you to understand that there's so many different pieces that are involved with the garments that the priests wore. Now, and all these pieces, whenever they put them on, whenever they dressed in these garments, of course, the first thing was the breeches, and then after that was the coat, and then the robe, and then the ephod, and the breastplate, and so on, and so on. But every application, every time any one of these pieces of garments were put on the high priest, I want you to understand this, they were put on one after the other. Okay, does everybody understand that? Amen. They were put on one after the other. And when they finished putting them on, if you ever uh, looked at a, a, I wish I could have somehow put up a, a picture, a diagram of, so you can see, and maybe Lord willing toward the end of this, I could try to somehow do that. If I can transfer something on a, 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 a flash drive or whatever so I can get you to see what I'm talking about. Because if you actually see <coughs> the design of these priestly garments, it would probably blow you away because of the way they were made and because of the way that they were put together. They were, they were 
woven together every thread, every color in those pieces, those garments were, were woven together. So kind of, you know, here's the thing. <clears throat> and you see that where he mentions that, that he will, uh, he will speak unto all that are wise hearted in, in to, to make these garments. In other words, somebody that obviously knew what God, how God wanted these garments to be made. Every piece of garment, how they were going to be made, the material, the color, the design, all has its place and its purpose for the believer, for the priesthood, okay? So the application is that when we put them on, they, if we put them on and guess what happens? We're gonna find out there's gonna be layers. Layers. We're gonna put them on in layers. That's, if, if we want to get very technical, if we want to get specific, that's the working of the Spirit of God in, our, in us, in our lives. He does it. The application, when we begin to walk with Him in the Spirit, guess what? Every work that He does, every time that He clothes, clothes us with power, when He closes us with power, he puts a layer. Yep. He puts a layer of garment upon us. Amen. Amen. Yep. <laughs> That's beautiful. Huh? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us right now, we might just have on our breeches. Mm. Come on. Come on. Some of us might just have on our coat. Uh -huh. Some of us may be wearing our robe right now. But here, here's, here's the thing about this. We, we, as long as we are covered, mm -hmm. the breeches were to cover the loins mm -hmm. of the high priest. The, the coat was to cover the entire body, mm -hmm. signifying salvation for the entire man. Yes. That the first and foremost uh, thing that we need to understand in order for us to be, to enter into the kingdom of God, we need to be saved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Huh? Amen. We need to be saved. We can't enter into the kingdom of God if we're not saved. Come on now. Right. So in other words, uh, we, we understand that. So salvation has to be applied, and that's where some of us are. We, we have been saved. Now, now we're going to put on the robe. Now come next is going to come that beautiful woven blue-colored robe with the pomegranates and the golden bells on the hem of that garment. Signifying what? Walking in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. in the spirit. Ooh. Is that kind of making, is it sinking in? There's a, there's a purpose. And here's the thing. And if I want to say it this way, if, if I want to apply it this way, every time we put on a piece of gar garment, we have to grow in that garment. Amen. Huh? We, we have to come to a place where we know the purpose. And when that garment is put on us, guess what? We're going, to, we're going to exercise our ministry. Every time we put on a garment, a piece of garment, we're going to exercise the ministry that God has called us to. So it's a process. Everybody say a process. Process. And hopefully it doesn't take us all of our lifetime. Amen. Come on now. 
Yes. Hopefully it doesn't take us all of our lifeline to be able to come to uh, an understanding of God's will and God's purpose in us. Mm. And especially if we are called to minister. Yes. Come on now. Every person who is a spiritual leader, I say that because all you brethren, you're the spiritual heads of your families. That's right. Huh? Every person that is a spiritual leader, in order for them to lead their people, lead your families, lead your children, you lead them, you lead them, you show them the way. First of all, first and foremost, it's going to be by what you teach them. It's going to be your example. It's going to be the way you live. So you, you apply these garments on. Each layer is put on as you go on and you come to that place and, and, and understanding. We're going to find that out tonight. That's beautiful about it. Understanding. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Be nice to it, it'll be nice to go from one from one level or one plateau to a higher level Amen. or to a higher plateau. Amen. Amen. You know, that's the way the spirit leads us. We start out, and here here's the progressive work of the Holy Ghost in our lives. God never ordained that we should go from this downward. Come on. Come on. The only time we ever have that we go downward is because we do not yield to the Spirit leading us. Because if we yield to the Spirit leading us, the only way that we're going to go, the only direction we're going to go is upward. It's an upward uh, ascent. It's an upward, you know, we walk and we, we go gradually upward. We begin to build our spiritual uh, knowledge and our spiritual experience. Everything that we have of God is going to be, as we go, we're, we're going to find out. If you follow the Holy Ghost, you're going to be on an upward journey. Amen. Not a downward. Yeah. And the reason why we go downward is not because the Lord takes us there. It's That's because right. we fall. Yes, sir. We yeah. fall short of God's glory, so we go downward. So whenever we come to that place where that's the only direction we're going, then we need to turn back around and go back upward. Amen. Does that help you to understand? Yes, sir. Okay. <clears throat> so in, in Exodus 28, in verse number 6 there, Look what it says, and they shall make the ephod of gold. Look at look at all the the different uh, the different uh, material that is used, and they shall make the ephod of gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and fine twined linen with cunning work. Wow. Intricate, very intricate, and it shall have two shoulder pieces thereof joined at the two edges thereof, 
and so it shall be joined together. And the curious girdle of the ephod, which is upon it, shall be of the same, according to the work thereof, even of gold, of blue, of purple, and scarlet, and fine twined linen. And thou shalt take two onyx stones and grave on them the names of the children of Israel, six of their names on one stone, and on the other six names of the rest on the other stone according to their birth with the work of an engraver in stone like the engravings of a signet shalt thou engrave the two stones with the names of the children of israel and thou shalt make them to be set in ouches of gold amen and thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. And thou shalt make ouches of gold and two chains of pure gold at the ends of wreathen work shalt thou make them and fasten the wreathen chains to the ouches. So we see the makeup of the ephod was pretty simple, consisting of two separate identical pieces, front and back. Two separate identical pieces. In other words, they were, they were fashioned the same. They were cut out the same. Two separate pieces. And they were joined at the shoulder pieces by these ouches, these golden ouches that had these stones set in them. And then, you know, on this side, on the right side, you know, here's, here's the thing. If you haven't studied the scripture, when you talk about the things of God and God's will and God's order, we all, when, a good example is when we read, which direction do we go? From left to right. But in the Hebrew, when you read in the Hebrew, guess where you go? From right to left. So whenever you start, you always start on the right side. And you, you, you go to the left. Well, in, in the order of, of, the, of the names that were engraved in the stones, they started on the right side. And of course, they started out with the eldest of the children of Israel. And their birth order, and they went along that birth order, and then they came from the eldest to the to the one that was, uh, you know, uh, middle eight or the middle. And then when they started over here, it continued that same thing from the oldest to the youngest on on the left side. But those were were placed on that garment there, uh, on the on the ephod. They were joined at the shoulder. Okay. So when I was talking to you about, uh, you know, how it was made, and they they. They shall make the ephod of, what was one of the first things? Gold, of blue, of purple, of scarlet, of fine twined linen with cunning artwork. So in other words, when they made that material, when they put it together, it was, let me tell you something. They, they it was meticulous work huh? it was meticulously put together 
It was a beautiful, beautiful garment, you know, with all these different fabrics, fine twine linen and, and gold. Can you imagine that? Gold. And, and, and what does that represent? And here's the thing. They were all, in all these fabrics, all of, how do you make a fabric? Does anybody know what happens in the, in, in the process? When you make a fabric, what happens? How do you put it together? This, this is made of, you know, certain material stuff, but, you know, when we talk about things like that, uh, has anybody ever seen a, a strand of thread? Huh? You know what it looks like? And so they would get a strand, and you know what they would do? They would weave them together. And the manner in which they weave them, sometimes you come up with a different pattern. You could, you could create various patterns. You, could, you can weave them together. And you could, whatever fabrics you have, whatever colors, you could weave them together. And that's what the ephod was made. It was, it was made all, of, all these colors and all these fabrics and the gold. And, and you wonder why. Why did, gold, why, why did the Lord use gold in the making of the ephod? Does anybody know? Does anybody know? Purity? Does anybody know? Does anybody know? Divinity? You're right. But here's the thing. It was woven together with all the other material in the fabric. You hear that? So in other words, what does that mean? Guess what? When God does a work in us, he does it that the Holy Ghost works in us. Amen. Amen. Deity is woven together <laughs> in all the, the fabric yes. of our, amen, are you listening to me? Yes. Of our lives, what he does for us, it's woven intricately. Let me tell you something, God knows what he's doing. Yes. And so when you think about the work of God in your life, don't just think that, amen, there's nothing to it. Let me tell you something, there is a will and a purpose that God has for you. Yes. And I want you to understand that he is, he is weaving his self. He's weaving his divine nature into your life. You begin to do it the day you receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That kind of blows your mind, doesn't it? Maybe that will help you to understand what the scripture talks about, Romans 8, 28. And all, and all things work together for the good. To those who are the called according to his purpose. So whatever happens in our life, whatever we go through, guess what? It's all for the good. God knows what he's doing in our lives. He's doing that intricate work and he's weaving. Amen. Every, every portion, every fabric together. And he's combining it with all of those beautiful colors. Amen in our lives. Amen. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yes, sir. <clears throat> here's, a, here's an interesting note. I wrote this down. And this is somebody that uh, was talking about the priest garment. This was uh, a, a person of, uh, who was uh, of Levitical, the, the tribe of Levi. Obviously, he's, he's a Levite. And, and uh, he said... 
the purpose when he's talking about the, the, the beauty of, of the priest garment, he said the beauty of this garment, listen to this, the beauty of this garment was enhanced by threads of gold, blue, purple, scarlet, all that, all those fabrics together. So the beauty of this garment was enhanced by all those threads. So what I'm, what I'm just telling you right now, when God does a work in our lives and he's weaving his divine nature in us, combined with all these other pieces, guess what? It's a beautiful work. Okay? Now, the ephod did not have any sleeves. Did not have any sleeves, seams, or natural binding. Pay attention to that. Did not have any sleeves, did not have any seams, or did not have any natural binding. Okay? The reason was the ephod shows us Spiritually, the complete transaction is supernatural in all its complexity and mystery. So, but listen to that. So, in other words, now, now I, I talked about all these layers, the, the garments when they're put on. You know, we have on after our breeches, we have on our coat. And, and that coat, after that coat's put on, guess what? And then here comes the robe. The robe is placed on, and the robe usually came like, like right about, right here, right below the knee, right about here. And the hem, the golden bowels and the pomegranates all around that hem of the robe, and it covered the, you know, that part, that from, from here all the way down. Now here comes the ephod. When the ephod was placed on, remember, it was sleeveless. It had a front and a back, so it was just enough material where it could probably go like this and maybe overlap a little. On, on the back part of the, the ephod, the back part of the, uh, of, the, of the ephod was sewn the curious girdle. And so that curious girdle was attached, and, and, and its purpose was to bring that around and, and bind that and tie it like a sash in front. And the purpose of that was to hold the ephod tight to the body. Somebody did that. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so the ephod only came so far down. From the shoulders down to right, probably right above the knee. So it only covered basically the chest, the back, the loins. Is that someone said soul? <laughs> <laughs> Big deal. Did you realize this? When the Bible talks about our emotions and the Bible talks about, you know, uh, what we feel and even, the, you know, what, what we are, what we consist of in our being, it always talks about that. It always relates it to the heart. It always relates it to the loins because that's where our strength is. Our strength is in our loins, and our strength is in this part of our body. And, it, and, and, and even the application of the armor of God, it protects this part of our, our being, our loins and our heart. Why? Because those things are important to our salvation. Amen. Then why is it that the ephod only covers that part of our body? That's an interesting question, isn't it? 
That's an interesting question because here's, here's what it does. The reason why it just covers that portion of our body is this. is so that we could have that close, intimate relationship with him. <coughs> That's how close he wants to be to us. He wants to be near our heart and he wants to be our strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's what's represented, okay? And and so here's here's the other here's another statement of, of fact about the ephod. Okay, listen to this. Now we're talking about the ephod. He says, there is nothing normal or natural about the assembly of this garment. So what does that mean? It means that everything uh, that involves this garment. Everything about the garment is this. It's, it's, it's symbolism or what it reflects is the supernatural power or existence of God. Is everybody paying attention? Pay attention. Okay, so, so that all, it all means something. There's, there's a reason why that's all that's all here. So, so in other words, guess what? It's it's coming to that point where, when we come to a place where we we're walking with God. Of course, we're walking in the Spirit. And and here's here's a part of it. If if this represents uh, supernatural, okay, supernatural, the supernatural power of God, His 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 uh, His Amen, His 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 acts. The way he moves through our lives, everything about it. So it represents that part of him, supernatural. Did you realize that? How many of you have uh, come to this understanding now? How many of you can really understand this when we talk about God, that he's a supernatural God? Amen. Huh? He is? Oh, that's a very few of them. Amen. Amen. He's a supernatural God. Yeah. We, we, we talk to him. We talk to him about... Uh, uh, being powerful, don't we? Yeah. Huh? Because that's what the Spirit of God is. It, didn't Jesus say, all power is given unto me yes. in heaven and in earth? Yep. And when we receive the Holy Ghost, didn't we receive that power? Yes, sir. Ye shall be endued with power from on high. Ye shall be clothed with power from on high. So in other words, guess what? This is the part we've got to get in our minds is that we, God doesn't just want us to have a casual, normal life. When I talk about that, I'm talking about in the natural. Amen. He wants us, there needs to be the spiritual things of God that will be witnessed through our ministry, through our living for him. That's why he said, ye shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Huh? That's why he said, ye shall cast devils out in my name. That's why he said that ye will speak with new tongues. Why is that? Because that's the supernatural power of God. Amen. 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 How many of you are excited about that? Amen. So when we think about it, listen, listen to what the Apostle Paul said. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said in verse number 4. He said, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. 
Here's a challenge to the apostolic ministry. I always talk about, oh man, that was a beautiful message. That was beautiful. His words just move right along, just slick as butter. Huh? He spoke like a super tongued orator. Huh? Boy, that sounded good. That just thrilled my heart. Made me feel good. Huh? I'm leaving the house of God rejoicing today. Man, that was a beautiful sermon. Come on. <laughs> Pastors should preach like that all the time. Huh? Sometimes we have grown accustomed to that. Yeah. Huh? We've grown accustomed to hearing basically what we want to hear. Huh? This is what I want pastor to preach about. This is what I want him to teach about. Amen. But you know what? The truth is, I found this out when I was young, because I was in your shoes before. I was a young convert. It's not what we want. Right. It's not what we want to hear. It's what God wants to speak to us. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's not always a, a really nice, beautiful message. Oh, that was, you know, here's the thing. Yes, we're used to sermons. We're used to being sermonized. As one your brother said, he said, we don't need sermons anymore. He said, we need the power of God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so that's what Paul says. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Verse number four. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. So that's the thing. If, we, if, if God has called us and, and, and if we're ministering, if we're the priest that we minister, and we're worrying that ephod, the ephod actually represents that place where, amen, it's all going to be a supernatural demonstration of God's power. My, my, my. The Lord's trying to get us to that part right now. Yep. The Lord's trying to somehow, uh, if I want to use it in that sense, he's trying to hurt us in that area right now. Huh? Yeah. He's trying to hurt us in that place that he wants us to be so that we can experience That's that. Right. Go into that place where the supernatural is, that's huh? Right. Where the power of God abides. That's right. That's where that's where He's trying to lead us. And here we are, and He's trying to hurt us into that place. But but some of us are we're kind of, Amen. We're we're bulking a little bit. Hallelujah. We're used to the normal things. Amen. The normal things. Uh. 
Here's, here's something that is amazing. As I was saying, all that represents something. All that represents. Turn with me in your Bibles too, but go to uh, uh, Isaiah 22. And you see, remember I mentioned that the ouches, the stones and the ouches on the shoulder pieces? There's, there's a reason why, you know, God designed that garment like that, the, the ephod that way. There's a reason why he put, you know, gold. He put the names of the of the tribes, the, the sons of Israel, according to the birth from the eldest to the youngest. And, and they set them uh, in those gold ouches. They engraved them. They set them there in those gold ouches. And they carried them on the shoulder. On the shoulder. God could have put them anywhere on that garment or on the body, but he didn't. He put them on the shoulder. One on the right side, one on the left. Well, in uh, Isaiah 22, you read there in verse number 20, he said, and it shall come to pass in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, he's talking about the priesthood, the high priest, and I will clothe him with thy robe and strengthen him, look what he says, with thy girdle. And I will, I will commit thy government into his hand. Now look what he's saying. Look what he's saying. I will clothe him with thy robe, and I will strengthen him with thy girdle, and I will commit thy government into his hand, and he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of David. So we see there, What's he saying there? You see the application. Of course, he's a, he's a high priest. So he's going to clothe him. He's going to clothe him with his robe, and he's going to strengthen him with his girdle. And he said, I will commit thy government into his hand, and he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. And look what he says. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. So in other words, guess what? He said, the key of the house of David I will lay upon his shoulder. So he shall open and none shall shut. And he shall shut and none shall open. And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. Now, why is that? He said, the key of the house of David, I will lay upon the shoulder. Why the shoulder? What does he mean by the shoulder? The shoulder is the re representation of the government of God. Huh? The government of God. So whenever... He wore that garment and he went into the Holy of Holies. Guess what? When they stood before the God of all the earth, the judge of all the earth, obviously, guess what happened? God always somehow, amen, issued divine judgment. Now, I'm not saying, you know, when, when right away everybody goes, oh, the judgment of God. Not that kind of judgment. Huh? 
Because obviously God needs to rule in our midst, doesn't he? Amen. He needs to rule in our midst. Amen. How can God rule if there's no government? Huh? Where he can govern us. Where the, where the word of God can instruct us. Where it can direct us. Where it can counsel us. Where it can bring knowledge. Where it can bring wisdom. Where it can bring truth. So he puts that government upon the shoulders of the high priest. So that he can minister. He can judge the tribes of Israel. So that's why they're placed right up there. Okay. And we see that we're given that power, that authority to do so. We're given that power and authority to do. Why, why wouldn't? Why did Jesus say that to Peter in the, in the, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter sixteen when he said that, "Amen, uh, I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of, of heaven." And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Why did he say that? Because we have that power. We have that authority. Amen. Amen. And, and the same thing is, is mentioned in the book of Revelations. And in the third chapter of Revelations. When he talks about the keys of David. And the keys of David have the power to bind and to loose. So in other words, there's got to be. Amen. The, God has to have the ability to be able to govern his people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Okay. Connected, connected to the ephod. You go there and, and uh, go back to Genesis. I'm in Genesis. Exodus chapter 28 again. Go right back there. Connected to the ephod. Attached to the ephod. Amen. And, and you'll see there. In, in verse number 15 in, in, in chapter 28 of Exodus, uh, attached to the garment of the ephod on the chest area was the breastplate. Okay? And in verse number 15, thou shalt also take one ram. Uh, am I? I'm in the wrong place. Excuse me. Uh, and thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work. After the work of the ephod, Thou shalt make it of gold, of blue, of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twine linen, and thou shalt make it. Four square it shall be, being double, the span shall be the length thereof, and the span shall be the breadth thereof, and thou shalt set it in set <coughs> set in it settings settings of stones, even four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardis, a topaz, and a carbuncle. This shall be the first row, and the second row shall be an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. The third row, a ligure, and an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, and an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold in their enclosings. And the stone shall be, amen, with the names of the children of Israel, twelve, according to their names, like the engravings of, of a signet. Everyone with his name shall they be according to the twelve tribes and thou shalt make upon the breastplate chains at the ends of breathing work of pure gold and thou shalt make upon the breastplate two rings of gold and shall put the two rings of the ends of the breastplate amen and thou shalt put two breathing chains of gold in the two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate 
So, so, so we see here how the breastplate is made connected to the ephod in the front. Now, here's here's the thing about this. This is this is this is interesting. The breastplate was was made that way. Of course, it had the twelve stones representing the twelve tribes of Israel with their names engraven on each stone as he commanded here. And and you see here. Uh, in verse number uh, 30 in, in chapter 28 here and, and look what it says uh, and it says uh, it says and thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually so inside that breastplate of course they don't really know the, you know, how it was situated upon the breastplate, but they said it was like a pocket. And in that pocket, they placed the Urim and the Thummim. Okay. Everybody? People are probably saying, oh, what was the deal of the Urim and the Thummim? Well, obviously, the Bible says that Aaron, when he when he went in before the Lord, he, bare, he, 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 he wore the breastplate. He did it to bear the judgment of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. So in other words, uh, while a good example, go to Leviticus chapter 8, verse number 8. And you'll see there, and you'll see there it says, uh, uh, and he put the breastplate upon him. Also, he put in the breastplate the Urim and the Thummim. So we see that mentioned again there. And then in Numbers chapter 27, you go to the book of Numbers chapter 27, right after the book of uh, uh, Leviticus, you go to Numbers, go to Numbers 27. And right around verse number 21, I believe it is, in Numbers 27, 21 it says this it says it says and he shall stand before Eliezer the priest who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of Urim before the Lord at his word shall they go out and, and at his word shall they come in both he and all the children of Israel with them even all the congregation so Here's the thing. Whenever they, they came to a, a, a time in, in their life where they need to inquire of God, they had to go before the Lord to inquire. They went to the high priest to inquire of God, to know God's will. Huh? To know God's counsel. So the priest went before the Lord bearing the Urim and the thumb. And God spoke to the priests through the Urim and the Thummim. So in other words, the Urim and the Thummim became one direct and supernatural manner in which to determine the will of God under certain prescribed circumstances and for certain prescribed persons. 
if there was something that needed to be known, something that needed to be resolved, or direction, or counsel that had to, that they were seeking for, they went before the Lord, the priest went before the Lord, and guess what? He always carried that Urim and Thummim. Does anybody know what that is? Has anybody ever wondered? Isn't it insight and maturity? First of all, when we talked about them placing the Urim and the Thummim inside that, inside that the breastplate uh, on the ephod, of course it was kind of like a little pocket they would place that Urim and the Thummim inside. Does anybody know what, what was the Urim and what was the Thummim? stones. They were stones. Urim literally means in the Hebrew, this is what Urim means. Literally means many stones which light up. Thummim literally means stones of purity and perfection. So they would put them two together, they would say light and perfection. Light and perfection. So why did they call them light and perfection? Light and perfection. Well, obviously when they went and they inquired before the Lord, when they went to the high priest and they inquired, God always answered. God always gave them counsel. God always gave them direction. Huh? So obviously, they received that as a result of the Urim and the Thummim. They received light. They received perfection. Or when people talk about it being light, when they, see, when they receive light, you know what that means? Light as in understanding, Amen. revelation, Amen. huh? Amen. Perfection as in coming to a place where things are resolved Amen. or maturity, completion. Remember, these are what the high priest, that's what the high priest wore on his, on the ephod. That breastplate was connected, and they had the Urim and the Thummim. Wow. So somebody might say, well, how does that apply to us? Now, here's the thing. Why, if you ever notice the high priest was the only one that had the ability and had the liberty to use the Urim and the Thummim. So when they went to inquire of God, they had to go to the high priest. Huh? And so when they asked of God, of course, 
you see that example so many times in the Old Testament, if you look that up, God always spoke to them. And he always brought a answer to them through the Urim and the Thummim. So it had divine connection. It had divine results. And the high priest was the only one that had that. The high priest was the only one that was connected. Wow. That's something, isn't it? We all go, wow, that's really nice. That's amazing. <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't you like to have a connection with God like that? Huh? When you go to inquire of him, and guess what? Guess what God's gonna do? God's gonna speak back to you. He's gonna speak back through Urim, or he's gonna speak back through Thummim. He's gonna speak back through light. Or he's going to speak back through perfection. Huh? Amen. And we say that, we say, wow, that was, that was something about the ministry of the Old Testament. But I want you to understand something. We, we tend to forget that the Bible calls us a royal priesthood. That's right. Amen. A holy nation, a peculiar people. We're priesthood. Amen. And guess what? We have been endued with power. We have been clothed with power from on high. Amen. So in the Holy Ghost, we have the ability to know God's Amen. will. Amen. If you don't believe me, read, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. And you read Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul there, speaking in the scripture, and he says this, he says uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, and... Uh, of course, he's talking about the Holy Ghost there in verse number 13, in whom in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Look what he says. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glory, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So God would give us, what did he say? Wisdom. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of, of his inheritance in the saints. So that's the reason. That's the Urim and that's the Thummim that we have. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 9. It says, For this cause we, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you 
and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My, my, my. That's what we have in the Holy Ghost. That's what we have in the Holy Ghost. We have that ability. We have the, if, if, if we have the, the ephod on, we're wearing the ephod. I'm talking about the, the spiritual application of it. And we have on the ephod and that curious girdle and the urim and the thumb, the breastplate, guess what? It comes, on, it comes with the, the, the urim and the thumb. So we have the ability to be able to understand and know the deep things of God. Amen. God's will. His wisdom. <coughs> Hallelujah. You think about it. The, the apostle James in his epistle. In James 1.5. He said this and, and, and you know. <coughs> excuse me. He said, uh, he said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. If we lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But, look what he says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we can ask of God, and guess what? He gives liberally. He will give us. And see, that's what the Holy Ghost does for us. You know, here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. I, I, I hope and I pray. And, and if some of you are making progress in your walk with God, that's good. If you walk in the Spirit, you will always make progress. Amen. If, if you walk in the Spirit, if you, if you pray in the Spirit, if you live in the Spirit, you will always make progress. God, here's the thing. We should never belittle the Holy Ghost God has given us. That's right. That's right. We should never go back to... Amen. Like, like, like Paul said in the book of Galatians, how can you go back to the weak and beggarly elements? Why do we go back to the world? Why do we go back to the flesh? Those are weak and beggarly elements. Why do we, why do we desire to live in that dimension, in that realm where, where, praise God, it's not going to do us any good. We're not going to benefit. We're not going to prosper. So that's why it's important for us to allow the Holy Ghost to work in us. So we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let me tell you something. I believe this with all my heart. The Lord is doing a work in some of you. He's doing a work. And, and the Holy Ghost is directing you. Like Jesus said, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He's doing that. And, and, and he's, he's showing you the direction you need to go in your life and the things that you need to do in your life Amen. to live for him, Amen. to walk with him. 
to have fellowship with him. And as he's leading you on, guess what happens? You begin to grow. You begin to change. Certain things in your life just seem to fade away and fall off to the side. Why? Because your spirit is growing. Your faith is growing. Your knowledge is growing. You're going to find this out. Then you won't struggle with a lot of these things that are giving you problems right. when you're in the flesh. Right. Huh? All these little things that are rubbing up against you, giving you problems. The only reason why I experience them, it's not because you're in the spirit. You're in the flesh. That's right. Amen. That's so right. what you need to do is come out of that area, that dimension of your life where, amen, there's no such thing as a carnal Christian. That's right. Hallelujah. And if the Holy Ghost is working in you, you're going to be... Is everybody ready for this? Yes. Spiritually minded. Amen. Amen. I'm almost done. First Corinthians chapter two. I'll let you go get there. <coughs> Hallelujah. There's so much that we, there's so much that we can glean from this. It's it's awesome. So we see here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 10, it says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Hmm? Yeah. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Yeah, we, we know about carnal things. We know about worldly things. We all have had that experience before we came to know Jesus, haven't we? But now he's called us to walk and to be filled. First of all, be filled with the Spirit, then walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit. Huh? He's called us to do that. So he said, uh, uh, he, he said, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Nobody knows the things of God. No man. The only thing that knows the things of God is the Spirit of God. So he says, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So the reason why we have the Holy Ghost is so that we might know the things that God has given to us. The Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. That's what Jesus said. Amen. He said, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But look what he says. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man is the carnal man, the fleshly man, the worldly man. But the natural man receiveth not the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's why so many have a hard time. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. He discerns all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? That was a question he asked. Who knows the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? 
That was a question he asked, but look what he answers. He said, but we have the mind of Christ. Why? Because we have been filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. So because we have been filled with the Spirit of God, we know we have the mind of Christ, so we can know God's, God's will. My, my, my. You ever come to that point in your life where I tell you what, the devil sure likes to tell us that we're ignorant, we're unworthy, huh? we don't have what it takes. He likes to tell us that, but guess what? He's a liar. God gave us the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, our spirit bears witness with his that we have the Holy Ghost, that we are the sons of God. Guess what? He gave us the Holy Ghost. Amen. So because we have the Holy Ghost, we're his sons. So, so because of that, guess what? If you continue to follow the Holy Ghost, if you continue, continue to be led of the Holy Ghost, if you continue to submit yourself to the Holy Ghost, you're going to know the mind of Christ. You're going to have. You know what the Bible says? The pure in heart shall see God. Listen to me, all you young folks. Been a lot of young folks being filled with the Holy Ghost. I I encourage you to keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Don't do anything more than keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Because if you're praying in the Holy Ghost, God is going to reveal some things to you. And you know what? He's going to bear witness to it in His Word. Amen. You're going to know it's God because you're going to understand it. You're going to see it in his word. He always bears witness, amen, with his, his spirit in us and his word. So it's going to be in his word. And you know what? He's going to teach you things. You're going to come to an understanding. You're going to come to a revelation. Because through the Holy Ghost, we have his mind. We have the mind of Christ. So that's the beautiful thing about all this. This experience that you and I have. Let's not belittle the power of God in us. It's a lot more easier to walk in the Spirit. Because if you walk in the Spirit, the Bible says, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's right. Amen. 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 We'll stop there for tonight. Thank you very much. There will be rehearsal tomorrow evening, 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen with uh, Brother Dan and Sister Dina for uh, youth group. Uh, they haven't got the results back from the test, but there might, there will, there will probably be something going on. There will be something going on Friday evening, but as soon as we get the, the details, we'll put that on Facebook. And, of course, regular service this weekend. So God bless everybody. Thank you for coming. Have a good evening. Blessed evening.